Well, good morning. I'm so thankful that Jonathan has put in this time machine. I tested it out this morning. Um, went to the future. I want you to know that VBS is going to be amazing. Um, if you haven't signed your kids up for it yet, you need to get them there because it is really, really good. Uh, Pastor Jonathan has done a great job. Now, Pastor Don is not going to be happy when he gets the power bill for the 1.21 gigawatts, but it was worth it. So anyway, this morning uh, I come to you um, sharing a call to courage, a call to courage. This has been what um, we've been living over in student ministry for the last month. I did a series called Call to Courage uh, on our Wednesday night sermons for the last month, and that led us straight into camp, which was titled Fearless. Now, you and I are smart enough to realize that courage and fearless are synonyms, but sometimes teenagers don't get that. Um, But we wanted to pound this into them because this is an important thing that if we can understand to be courageous in our relationship with God, to be courageous in who God has called us to be, be courageous and fearless in living out the plan God created us for, then who knows what the impact we can have on this world. And if the young people can figure it out at this age, I can't even imagine how God is going to use them. But the truth is, as adults, some of us haven't figured it out. Some of us still haven't figured out what God has called us to, and we sure haven't decided to be courageous and live that life. And so my argument this morning is that we need to live a life of courage, to live the life that God created us for. You see, God's plan has always been amazing for his people. It's always been amazing. All the way back to the beginning with Adam, he created Adam in a perfect garden. He created him a perfect helpmate, and they lived in perfect relationship with God. But we all know that it would have taken courage for them to stand up to the temptation of the evil one. It would have taken courage as the evil one came to them and tempted them with knowledge and tempted them with being like God. And they had the fear of missing out on something and gave in to that temptation. But the plan, the plan was amazing if they had had the courage to live it. Going on through God's people, even in the beginning when God called Abraham to lead his nation, to be the leader of the nation of Israel, he gave them promise that his descendants would be too numerous to count, that every nation would be blessed through his people. It would have taken courage for him at such an old age to believe that he was going to be the father of a great nation, not having any children. But God's plan was amazing. Abraham chose to give in to the fear that he was running out of time, the fear that he needed to help God. And so the consequences of that, of, gave, of having Ishmael gave problems in his family then and still have problems today because of that. So today we want to look at a man that was courageous, a man who chose the plan that God had for him to move forward courageous. And this is Joshua. So if you'll open in your Bibles to Joshua chapter 1, we're going to read the call of Joshua. This is where God called Joshua to be his leader. So if you'll stand with me as we read Joshua 1, verses 1 through 9. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' aid, Moses, my servant, is dead. 
Now then, you and all these people get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land I'm about to give them, to the Israelites. I will give you every place where you set your foot, as I promised Moses. Your territory will extend from the desert to Lebanon and from the great river, the Euphrates, all the Hittite country. To the Mediterranean Sea in the west, no one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and courageous because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their ancestors to give them. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the laws my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left, that you may be successful wherever you go. Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I pray that this morning that you would speak through us, to us through your word that you would encourage us, that you would challenge us, and that we would hear your calling and respond courageously to follow you. It's in your son's name we pray. Amen. So this is the calling of Joshua. His calling is to lead God's people into the promised land, to take them into the land that he had promised so long before. And in this promised land was everything the people of God needed. There was already cities built. There were houses built. There were farms. There was livestock. Everything they needed to just move in and be prosperous. And God said, I will give it to you. And this is his calling. Lead the people into this land. But with that calling came the fears. As you could imagine, if this calling was coming to you, he knows what's in there. He was one of the spies that went in. He knows that the cities are well fortified. He is aware of the armies that are in there. The fear of the unknown of what's going to come, he has the fears. Not to mention, he has just been called to lead somewhere between one and one and a half million people. What a scary task he has been given that this is his calling. This is the job that God has created him for, the task that he has been given. And so today, as we talk about his story, I want you to consider what is your calling? What task has God given you? What are you supposed to be doing? That's what I want you to think about as we go through this. What has God planned for you? Because I believe that his plan for you is amazing. The same as in the beginning of time, the same with his people all throughout history. His plan for you is amazing. It'll take courage. I know it will. But it's amazing if we choose to live it out. The plan is different for each and every person in this room, but yet still amazing. We will have to be bold to live it. So I have three points I want to pull out from this sermon of how we can take from his calling to live out the calling that God has for us. The first one is we need to identify the fear. We need to expose the fear that we have. In the very first verse, it points out that uh, Joshua was Moses' aide. We know this because all the way back in the beginning uh, of Numbers, we see him being a spy that goes into the 
promised land. He's been there. He knows what's in there. He knows how big the people are. In fact, Numbers 13, 27 through 28 is when the spies come back and give report to Moses of what it looks like. And here's what they say. They gave Moses this account. We went into the land to which you sent us, and it does flow with milk and honey. Here is its fruit. But the people who live there are powerful, and their cities are fortified and very large. We even saw descendants of Anak there. So this is the report that they gave. The land is great. In fact, they brought huge grape clusters back to show that the fruit was good. But the people are huge. The cities are fortified. We look like grasshoppers compared to those people. They will destroy us. And so he knows the fear. He knows the task that God has given him to. It's exposed in his life. And I think that that is part of being able to be courageous, is knowing the fears that are in front of us. Because the first step to any problem is to admit that you have a problem. And so that's what I think he knows, that there is a problem ahead of him. Now for us, the problem to us living the life that God has called us to, for so many of us, is our major fear of being rejected. The fear that we have to fit in. The fear that we don't want to be different. And so we think, if I don't talk like them, then they won't accept me. If I don't dress like them, they won't want me to be a part of this group. If I don't do what they do, then they'll make fun of me. And we give in to these fears. And we start to justify our actions as we try to fit in and we talk like everyone else and we say, you know, everyone's doing it. It doesn't really offend anybody here. And so it's not really who I am, but it's okay because I'm just trying to be a part of the group. Or we participate in the inappropriate humor and jokes that happen and we laugh just to be a part of the crowd. Or we go with the ladies and we participate in the gossip and the slander and we go, you know, it's okay because I really need these friends. I need people that I can go and hang out with and talk to. And so we justify all of our actions because we have this fear of being left out. And so the challenge is to acknowledge this fear and to overcome this fear and live the life we've been called to regardless of the circumstances. And now I've had this conversation many times, especially with businessmen, and people go, Matt, you just don't get it. You don't understand. You work in a church with a whole bunch of pastors, and everybody's saved, and Christianity is accepted in your office. You don't get it. You don't know what my office is like. You don't know. And I say, no, 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 I do. Many of you don't know that before I came here, I spent a little over a year working in a glass plant. I was a supervisor in a glass plant. We hired minimum wage people to come and handle dangerous glass. So you can picture the type of employees that I had working for me. It was every other word was cuss word out of their mouth. Every other conversation was some type of sexual reference or sexual conversation. It got so bad that many of our employees were bringing their phones and watching pornography as they ran their machine. This was the world that I worked in for a little over a year. And I chose to be different. The people that worked for me, I wouldn't let them cuss around me or I'd let them go. The people that worked for me, I wouldn't let them have those conversations with me or I would let them go. Was I persecuted for it? Sure. 
I wasn't invited to eat lunch with anybody. They didn't want to hang out with me, but they respected me. It gave me opportunities to share Christ because I was willing to live the life that God had called me to. One time I'm walking through the office, about 10 people in there, and the maintenance guy is having some kind of conversation with somebody about heaven or something. And he goes, "Ah, there's Matt. Matt, can you tell us how to go to heaven? What? (laughs) This is moments you dream of, right? And I was like, absolutely, let me tell you where everybody can hear. And I was able to share the gospel in the office in that room. When I left that place, I remember people saying, there's not too many good people like you left. Here's the thing. I was working in an environment similar to hell. I mean, awful, awful environment. But I chose to live the way God had called me to live. And because of that, I was able to make a difference in the people I was around. And so I do get it. I do get it. And I get that when you're in the business world, there may be persecution for choosing to live for Christ. And I get the fear there. But God has called us to this plan. God has called us to live for him, stand for him, whatever environment that you're in. And if you choose that plan, it'll take courage, but it'll be worth it. Because it's an amazing plan that God has created you for. Once we acknowledge that fear, then we have to trust God. The second step of living the life of courage that God has created us for is to trust God. If we follow on in our story, Joshua 1 chapter 3, it says, I will give you every place where you set your foot. As I promised Moses, your territory will extend from the desert to Lebanon and from the great river, the Euphrates, all the Hittite country to the Mediterranean Sea in the west. No one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. God gave some promises to Joshua. And Joshua had to trust him. I will give you every place where you set your foot. No one will be able to stand against you. I will be with you. These promises, no one will be able to come against you. I will give you everywhere you go. And don't worry, I'll be with you. These are the promises that God gave to Joshua. And so we have the promises of God as well. Does anybody in the room have trust issues? Anybody? Yep, we got some. Absolutely. You know, a lot of people have trust issues and a lot of you have them for good reasons. People have let you down. Maybe it was your parents. Maybe it was family. Maybe a friend has stabbed you in the back. Maybe it was a spouse. I don't know. But because of things that have happened in this world, we end up with trust issues. But here's the thing. I'm not asking you to trust any person. I'm asking you to trust God. I'm asking you to trust the only one that will never break a promise, that will never let you down. He promised that he would come to save us. He promised that he would come to save us. And he came and broke his own body before he was going to break that promise to us. He will never break a promise. Here's some of the promises. He promised that your fear is not from him. Second Timothy, I did not give you a spirit of fear. The Holy Spirit that he gave you, the spirit that he gave you is greater than any fear that you can have. The fear is not from him. 
You don't have to listen to the fear. John 8 says, if you are, if the Son has set you free, you are free indeed. And so you have freedom in Christ to ignore the fears and to be courageous. You are free because of what Christ has done. He gives you a promise that he will be with you. Just like it said in Joshua 1.5, I will never leave you nor forsake you. You can get your comfort and you can overcome your fears knowing that God is with you. He will never leave you alone. Listen to this amazing promise that you are a child of God. Romans 8, 14 through 17. For those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. The spirit you receive does not make you slave so that you live in fear again. Rather, the spirit you received brought about your adoption to sonship. And by him we cry, Abba, Father. The spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Now if we are children, then we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. If indeed we share in his sufferings in order that we may also share in his glory. We are co-heirs with Christ as adopted children of God. We are his children. And that is a promise that we can cling to knowing that he is our father. And as co-heirs with Christ, we understand that we get the same spirit as Christ has. The same courage that took Christ to the cross and through the cross is the same courage that we can have because of the spirit that lives inside of us. We are his children and we can have courage because we are his children. If you're a parent, you've probably had a similar scenario to me where at some point with your child at age two, three, four years old, you go to a swimming pool, you go to the lake, you go to the something and your kid comes to the edge of the pool and you're in the water and you're saying, come on, jump, I'll catch you. And you go one, two, three, (laughs) nothing. And they go, no, I, I promise I'm your dad. I'll catch you. You ready? One, two, three, Nothing. And they don't jump. And you go over and over and over. And after much convincing, they finally jump in the water. I remember with Connor one time, we were out at the lake. And he had been jumping maybe a couple times before. So we were out on the boat. And I'm in the water. And he keeps jumping over and over and over and over and over to me. Until the point where you just can't take anymore. You know what I mean? Well... Fortunately for Connor, my twin brother was there. And he's like, I'll take a turn. So twin brother Justin swims over. Come on, Connor, jump. No, I want daddy. We understand that there's something about the trust you have with your daddy. Now, when I shared this story with the teenagers about a month ago, I had only had this experience with two of my kids. But Memorial Day weekend, we went to the lake. And I got to have it the third time. So I brought you a picture. (laughs) Emily, for whatever reason, when we counted one, two, three, she didn't hesitate. The very first time she was jumping in. And she did it over and over and over. You can see in that picture, she went both feet, wasn't scared. That was, I mean, one of the first few times she jumped. It's because the relationship of a father and a son, a father and a daughter, the trust that you can build in that relationship that allows you to jump into the deep water and the unknown, knowing that your father is going to be there to catch you. 
We have to have that relationship with our Heavenly Father. He's there. He's in the water. He's telling us to jump. He's telling us, come on, live the life I've called you to. Jump, I'll catch you, I promise. And he's there waiting for us to say, yes, I'll have the courage to do that. If we are children of God, if we accept that we are children of God, then we need to wake up and start living like it. We need to wake up and start acknowledging that we have a father that will never let us down. He will never leave us. He will never forsake us. He will catch us every single time. And we start living our lives like that to be who he has created us to be. So who are we called to be? Some of us in the room are called to be pastors. Some people in the room may be called to be teachers in the medical field. Maybe we have businessmen, business owners, politicians. You work in the community. Whatever it is that God is calling you to do specifically in this life, he's calling you to do it for his glory and for his purpose. And we need people that are out there in these fields, whether it be medical whether it be in the schools, for sure politics that are living their life for Christ. So what are you called to? It'll take courage in the big things and in the day-to-day little things to live the life God has created you for. Here's how I see it. If, If you listen today and say, yes, God has called me to a life of courage. God has called me to live for him. Tomorrow morning when I go to work, temptation will be waiting for you. When you get ready, maybe as soon as you walk out of here, temptation will be here. But I want you to hear your father's voice. When the temptation comes and you have the desire and say, no, I want to live for God, hear God's voice say, come on, You get the courage because I'm your father. I'll catch you. Jump. I'll catch you. Third, to live a life of courage, we have to be faithful to God. We have to be faithful to God. A courageous Christian is a faithful Christian. A courageous Christian is a faithful Christian. Continuing on, verse 6. Be strong and courageous, Because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their ancestors to give them. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the laws my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left, that you may be successful wherever you go. Keep this book of law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful." In his calling, God was very clear that you need to keep my commands. He said in verse 8, keep the book of the law. He said, obey all the laws. Do everything written in it. Three times, obey the laws. Keep my commands. And then you will be prosperous and successful. Because we serve a loving God, we get to make these decisions. We have some decision in what kind of life we live. And so we have to decide ourselves to obey the laws. We don't have our parents to make those decisions for us. We sure don't let our friends make those decisions for us. 
We have to make the decisions. So what kind of person are you going to be? You get to decide. What kind of dating relationship are you going to have? You get to decide. What kind of lifestyle are you going to live? You get to decide. These are decisions that you get to make. And if you're going to choose the right decision, it's going to be based off of his word. His commands, his laws is the best plan for us. It's the best way to live. And if we want the best plan, the amazing plan that he has for our life, we must live a faithful life following his commands. He ends the calling with an amazing promise. As you can imagine, the fear that Joshua would have. Here are the people, one to one and a half million people. You're leading them into this unknown land with huge walls and armies and giant people. He gives him the best promise that he could come up with. Joshua 1.9, have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous. Do not be terrified. Do not be dismayed. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. You know Joshua needed that. You know he did. He needed this promise from God that I'm going with you. I'm leading you as you lead the people. And so God is giving us the same promise this morning. If you're willing to be courageous, if you're willing to obey, if you're willing to follow me, I will be with you. And this is what gives you the courage. This is what allows you to be courageous. Sometimes I think living in Alabama can be a spiritual blessing, but also a spiritual curse. What I mean is we grow up and we get a lot of Jesus conversation and we have a higher probability than maybe lots of the world of accepting Christ as our Lord and Savior. But the problem is there's a lot of careful Christianity going on. A lot of people living a careful Christian life and it's almost expected here. And the curse is that we see people go to church and they walk out the doors and live however they want to. We maybe saw our parents live that life. We see leaders in the church live that life and we just decide that's the way it's supposed to be. But this call today is not to be a careful Christian. This call today is to be a courageous Christian. And if you accept the call to be courageous, there may be people that look at you as crazy. In the workplace, in your home, even in the church. If you live a life of courageous Christianity, it might look a little different. It might look a little crazy. But a courageous Christian listens to God and does whatever he says. Listens to God and does whatever he says. Whatever, wherever, whenever. Whatever he says, wherever he says to go, whenever he says to do it. If God says something, you say yes. So let's go back to the first thing I I said I want you to think about. What has God called you to do? What has God made you for? What has God created you to be? It's an amazing plan that God has crafted for you. Are you willing to say yes to whatever, wherever, and whenever? That's the Christian life that we want, is a whatever, whenever, 
wherever Christian life. And so if God is whispering that in your ear right now, I know what's happening. Fear is screaming in your other ear. God is saying, I need you to tell your parents about me. I need you to tell your brother about me. I need you to tell your coworker about me. They're lost and they need salvation and you need to go tell them about it. And fear is screaming in your other ear. They'll, they won't accept you. They won't hear it. Don't waste your time. No, no, no. Your father's standing there saying, come on, jump. I'll catch you. If God's whispering in your ear, I need you to stand up for what's right. You know what's going on at work. You know what's going on in your home. You know what's going on, and that's not right, and you need to stand up for whatever it is that's right. And fear is screaming in your other ear. Don't do it. They won't accept you. They will not be your friends anymore. Just go with the flow. And God's standing there saying, no, listen to me. I'm your father. I will catch you. Come on, jump. God's whispering in your ear. You need to confess that sin, repent and turn from it. In fact, I want you to get up from your pew during the invitation and come down to the front and confess your sin to me. Maybe it's your language. Maybe it's your pride. Maybe it's the flirtation that you have at work with that coworker. Maybe it's a substance abuse. I don't know what it is, but God's telling you right now, you need to confess that sin right now. And in your other ear, the fear is screaming. People will judge you. Don't get out of your pew. Stay put. And God's saying, no, no, no. I've got you. Come on. Listen to your father. I'll catch you. Maybe somebody in this room, God's saying, you need to get rid of that smartphone. That thing has trapped you. You carry around that porn device that you can't let go of and it is not worth it. Get rid of it and come follow me. And in your ear, you're going, don't do it. You've got to have it. You use it for work. It's important. Let me tell you, if it has trapped you, you need to listen to God and get rid of it. And God's saying, come on, it'll be okay. I'll catch you. Maybe God's calling you to come and serve him. I don't know if that's in the children's ministry, in the youth ministry, in the music ministry, in the community, or overseas. But God's saying, come, serve me. And the fear is screaming, you can't do that. Those kids are too scary. Those teenagers will eat you up. Your life is comfortable. Why would you choose that? And God's saying, come follow me. I'm your father. If I've called you to it, I promise I'll catch you. This is a call to courage. And it's for everybody in the room to live the life that God has created you for. So what is it for you? What is it for you? We're going to have an invitation. And the altar is going to be open if you need to come and pray. You can pray in your pew. But whatever God is calling you to, respond. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you for the call that you've placed in my life. I thank you for the promises that you will be there. That you'll be there to help me. That you'll give me the courage to say yes to you. And that when I do, you'll catch me. 
no matter the consequences, no matter the persecution, you're always there. You're always with me to protect me, to hold me, to encourage me. God, I pray for each and every person in this room as they consider the call that you have on their life, as they consider what you would have them to do, that today they would decide that they want to be a courageous Christian and to live the life you created them for. God, I pray that we would respond and to commit to a life of courage. It's in your son's name we pray. Amen.